on. Are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> I'm sorry, not sorry. We're talking about Christmas today because guess what? It is only 40 days away. 40 days. Some of you are so excited for Christmas. Yes, I saw that one person. And others of you are like, how is it only 40 days? Because it's been a heck of a year, right? There's a lot. 2020 has been a lot, right? And I don't know everything that your family has gone through, but just between the high-level stuff, between COVID, racial unrest, political unrest, I think if we're being really honest, our country, our communities, our families, man, we're feeling the weight of 2020. We're feeling the stress. We're feeling division. Or maybe better put, we are feeling a separation like nothing I've ever witnessed. We've been separated from each other. We've been separated from family. We've been separated from things we enjoy doing, places we enjoy going, separated from togetherness. And I wonder, just hang with me, if in this season of division, in this gap of separation, if we've unintentionally allowed some unhealthy things to creep in, We've allowed mistrust to creep in or cynicism to creep in or really at the end of the day, we've allowed darkness to creep in. And this, this right there, this is where this teaching series comes in because I believe with everything in me right now that this time, right now, is our time as the church of Jesus Christ to actually be the church that we were created to be, to be the very best versions of ourselves, to push back against the darkness and to truly be the light and to reignite the light that is inside of each of us. Because as much as this may surprise you, I'm actually not an idealist. I, I've lived enough life. I've gone through enough challenges in life. I'm a realist. But I do believe that there is goodness in each of us. That there is kindness in each of us. There is compassion in each of us. And there is strength and power in each of us to truly transform the world around us. And for those of us who follow Jesus, there is a light inside of each of us that no darkness can ever extinguish. Amen? Amen. And so as we go into the Christmas season boldly, I want us to have a very candid conversation about how as disciples of Jesus, we are called to be the light of the world, to shine our light for all the world to see regardless of how things are going, regardless of, of what kind of year it's been, maybe more so because of what kind of year it's been. It is not only an opportunity, but it is our responsibility to shine our light right now, to sparkle, to be the light in the darkness that is surrounding so many of our family and friends and neighbors. Please push against the narrative of fear in our world right now. Push against this, or better yet, don't buy into, literally, don't buy into the narrative as we go into Christmas that, that buying more stuff this year 
is going to make you feel any better. Because here's the, here's the ugly truth. that self-serving materialism. These are all things that we battle every year at this time of year. But this year, it kind of feels like the stakes are higher. The traps are a little bigger. And some of you may have already been feeling this right now. You, you're kind of hoping that Christmas is going to be our big turnaround, right? If we can just get Christmas right, then it'll make everything better. You feel like if maybe if you just buy enough stuff or, or if you get the right tree or, or make the perfect eggnog, that, that maybe somehow in some small way you can make up for how challenging 2020 has been. It may have been uh, maybe your Christmas tradition to, to go big at Christmas, right? You, you got the Griswold lights. That's you, like, and how you do Christmas, right? You go big. You may have Christmas traditions that, that you may not be able to get to enjoy the way you normally do this year because of COVID. But maybe, just maybe, maybe a COVID Christmas is exactly what we need. A chance to start some new Christmas traditions that have less to do with self-serving and materialism and more to do with celebrating the birthday of our King. And with that in mind, I want to offer you a new Christmas tradition. I want to share with you a very special book. This has become one of our family's traditions, and this year I'm going to share it with you, and I'm praying that God will use this book to abundantly bless you and your families the same way that it has blessed ours. I'm going to read for you the Sparkle Box. This is the Sparkle Box written by Jill Hardy. Snowflakes swirled through the air as Sam and his mom stopped to look in the toy store window. With Christmas only a few weeks away, Sam needed to make his Christmas list. He tugged on his mom's sleeve and pointed to the train. He loved the shiny red engine. Later, as Sam and his mom curled up on the couch to read a Christmas book, something sparkly on the mantle caught his eye. Mom, is that a present for me, he asked. Sam's mom tussled his hair. It's a special gift called a sparkle box. We'll open it together later, but we need to fill it first. Sam was excited, but it was hard to wait. Driving home from school the next day, Sam's mom stopped at a building he had never seen before. She asked him to help her carry in some food and blankets. Sam peeked into the bag he was carrying and noticed a box of macaroni and cheese, his favorite. What are we doing with this stuff, Mom? She smiled and said, we're giving it to people who don't have enough food to eat or blankets to keep them warm. But inside the building, Sam didn't see anyone who looked cold or hungry, just a nice lady with a big smile who thanked them. On the way home, they drove by the park. It was dusk, and the pretty Christmas lights had just come on. As they stopped at a traffic light, Sam noticed someone on a bench, curled up and sleeping. His mother noticed too. That's someone who may get one of our blankets, she said softly. He doesn't have anywhere to live. Sam felt bad. It would be sad not to have a home to live in. 
Sam hung up his coat. It was good to be home. As he sat at the kitchen table to have a snack, he noticed the sparkle box gleaming on the mantel. Mom, did you put anything in the sparkle box yet? He asked shyly. Well, actually, I did put something in it today, she answered, but it's still not ready to be opened. We need to add a couple more things to it. Sam wondered what was inside. The days flew by, and soon it was time for one of Sam's favorite events, the Christmas party at his dad's office. There was always lots of delicious food and a a present for every child at the party. Sam's dad thanked everyone for coming. He talked about how blessed they were. When many people in the world struggle for something as simple as clean water to drink. He said a village in Africa would receive a special gift this year thanks to money donated by employees and their families. The gift was a well that would provide clean water for the entire village. Sam asked his mom if their family helped. Yes, dear, we did. He looked around. The grown-ups were smiling, but he saw tears too. Happy tears, his mom whispered. As his dad tucked him into bed that night, Sam thought about his Christmas list. And that reminded him of another present. Daddy, did you and mom fill up the sparkle box yet? Sam asked. Well, we added something to it tonight, but it's still not ready to be opened. Sam drifted off to sleep, imagining what could be inside. A few days later, Sam was filled with excitement as he shopped with his mom. Tomorrow was a school party. There was a Christmas tree called a mitten tree where the kids could hang mittens, hats, and scarves for people who needed them. Sam picked out the biggest pair of mittens he could find. He also bought a candy bar for himself with his own money. When he turned to leave, Sam heard the tinkling of bells. He looked up and saw the man from the park bench coming in the door. The man seemed tired. Sam looked at the candy bar in his hand. He thought about the mittens in his bag. He looked at the man's hands. They looked cold. Sam's heart began to pound. As quick as a wink, Sam slipped his candy bar into the bag with his mittens and pressed the bag into the man's hands. Sam ran out the door shouting, Merry Christmas. His mom gave him a hug. I'm proud of you, she whispered. I know that wasn't easy, but you brought a little light into the world tonight. Sam asked his mom if they could drive by the park as he watched the flame of a giant candle blink on and off. He thought about how unfair it was that some people didn't have a home to live in or food to eat. Soon it was Christmas Eve, the most special night of the year. Sam and his family, they gathered at their church for a Christmas Eve service. They sang a song and they listened to the story of the first Christmas. And then in the darkened sanctuary, a single candle was lit. And that candle was used to light other candles. And soon everyone was carefully passing the flame from one person to the next until the whole room was filled with a magical light. Sam looked around, how lovely, how peaceful they all looked as they shared the light. 
On Christmas morning, Sam ran downstairs as fast as he could. Under the tree was the train with the shiny red engine. And what was that? The sparkle box. Sam could hardly wait to open it. He sat on his mom's lap with his dad snuggled in close. And Sam slowly lifted the lid of the box. Inside, there were just a few pieces of paper with words written on them. Puzzled, he took the papers out and began to read the words out loud. Mittens and a candy bar given to someone in need. Warm blankets and food for the homeless. A well in Africa that will provide clean drinking water. Sam's mom explained, Sam, the sparkle box is our gift to Jesus on Christmas Day, his birthday. Sam was confused. But we didn't give Jesus a gift. We gave things to people who needed them. And his mom smiled, you're right. And no gift could make Jesus happier. He taught us that whatever we do for people in need, we do for him. And so each year, we'll think of some special gifts to give Jesus. We'll write down these gifts and put them in the sparkle box. And on Christmas morning, we'll open the box and read out loud the gifts we gave in honor of his birthday. Sam thought about the man curled up on the park bench and the mittens and the soft blankets and the well that would bring clean water to a village in Africa. And he looked at his mom and he smiled through tears, happy tears, Sam whispered. This book, it wrecks me. It rattles my heart. It rattles it out of complacency. The whole concept of this book, it's, it's rooted in Scripture. I'm sure you picked up on it. It's rooted in Matthew 25. And, and, and for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with, with the Scripture, in Matthew 24 and 25, Jesus is telling these parables. And, and each one of these parables is pointing his disciples, talking to them about the heart of their faith. The heart of their actions and their obedience to follow Jesus. This is verse 31. This is Jesus' words. He says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now, in the Palestinian region, sheep and goats, they would also, you know, often be up on a hillside grazing together. And, and, and there were times when sheep and goats, you know, they would look very similar, especially out in the field where it's dirty and messy and they're covered in mud and other brown stuff. And, and to the untrained eye, you could easily confuse a goat with a sheep. And so many of you, you, uh, you may not know this or not, but Kelly and I are currently trying to find some land to build a home we haven't ruled out Jesus' calling. He may have something important to tell you. Kelly and I are looking for some land to buy, 
you know, we want to build a home, uh, hopefully, and, and we haven't ruled out buying a house, but we'd really like to build. And so if you know of any great lots available, please contact me. Shameless plug. This, uh, this past week has been, uh, you know, we had this really great weather, and so we were driving around, you know, the windows down and, and just trying to get a feel for the area. And, and there was this really uh, curious uh, farm animal smell. You know, that just was permeating, right? And, and, and it hit me. Like, I didn't realize there was so many farm animals in this area, more than we're used to, more than maybe we care to admit we want to be around. And, and so there's these sounds we heard as well, uh, and along with the, the smells. And, and there were sounds of like, moo and bah. And then we're like, where are we? Um, and so we're driving around, and, 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 and it was entertaining to say the least. And so to kind of recreate that moo and ba and the farm animal sounds. I want uh, this half of the room, all right? So you guys over here, you're the lucky ones, all right? You're the sheep, okay? So whenever I say sheep, I want you to ba. Say, say ba, say ba. Yes, all right, so every time I say sheep, you say ba. Now this half of the room, sorry, you're goats. And so every time I say goat, you say nay. Say nay. Yeah, they're not happy. Those goats ain't happy. Sheep, you're doing real good. It's okay. So, so every time I say sheep, you're going to? And every time I say goat, you're going to? There we go. Verse 33. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Some of you are really guessing, second guessing what side of the room you sat on today. For I was hungry and you fed me. I bless you. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then these righteous ones, they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or, or a stranger and feed you or show you hospitality or, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? You notice their reaction, right? The sheep's reaction in this parable, they're surprised. Like, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty? Like, they didn't immediately go, like, well, of course we did all those things, Jesus. We're Christians. Like, they didn't do that. They're surprised. And I think, I think in, in some small part, they do this because as we grow as disciples, caring for those on the margins and serving others becomes the core of who we are. It's not a task that we have to be prompted to do on a certain day and check it off on a to-do list. It's just the norm, not the exception. And so the sheep, good job, in a spirit of humility and surprise, they are taken aback and they ask the simple question, when did we serve you? Verse 40, the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. 
I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? Now notice the goats. Mm. Notice their surprise. Just like the sheep. They're much better. Both are surprised by this statement, right? You know, like, like the goats over here, they're, 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 for the most part, you guys are good. They're, they're, for the most part, you know, they're probably very well-meaning, all of you, well-meaning, good-natured people who haven't committed some heinous crime, right? They simply failed to take Jesus seriously. To trust him, to follow him with how they actually lived their life. Listen, following Jesus is not a one-time prayer and a dunk in a tank. It is an everyday discipline to try to be more like Jesus every day. Am I reflecting him and less of me? Am I loving people? Am I serving people the way that you would? Am I dying to myself? This is a parable of people going about their life who may or may not realize that there are very real implications to Jesus based on our everyday actions. Verse 45, and the king will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. The big surprise for all of them is that Jesus is the one they helped or the one they ignored. And so as we look into the Christmas season, we're all going to be in situations where we're going to have to decide, am I going to serve others or serve myself? Am I going to invest into Jesus and his kingdom or am I not? And don't hear what I'm not saying I'm not saying that you can't buy gifts for yourself and your friends and your loved ones at Christmas. Be generous. Bless their socks off. That's awesome. But before, before we do any of that, are we, are we first and foremost bringing our best to the king? Are we caring for the least of these? Are we being a light in the darkness in Jesus' name, because friends, there are a lot of our family and friends that are in darkness right now. They need the warmth of your light. See, when we make a decision to go all in with Jesus, we're committing to a lifelong journey of life transformation, allowing Jesus to really retool us, to change us from the inside out for the rest of our lives. A life that is dedicated to caring for the things that matter to Christ. And when I read this book, my heart breaks. And I want my heart to break. I want my heart to break for the things that break God's heart. <laughs> like it or not... We are all about to be thrust into the Christmas shopping extravaganza, right? 
Like, like the chaos, you know, consumed with Black Friday advertising and one-day-only sales and buy, 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 right? Also celebrate the birth of Jesus. Really? Like, really? Is that what we're celebrating when we treat people like crap and traffic? Really? When we flip them the bird because they took a parking spot because we're too lazy to walk an extra 20 feet? Is that what we're celebrating, Jesus' birthday, when we go further into debt, buying stuff for people that we don't really like, buying stuff for, for you know that we don't really need, buying stuff that is just going to end up sitting and rotting in a landfill? Are we really celebrating the birth of Jesus? Jesus? Or have we slowly become consumed with consumerism? Are we caught off guard? Are we a little surprised? Or are we going to be sheep or goats? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, my heart breaks. When I read the sparkle box, because it's a painful reminder of how many people are right around me in my neighborhood, in my sphere of influence, of how many people are in need. It's a painful reminder to me of how easily it is for me to lose sight of that and how easily it is for me to be mistaken for a goat. It's painfully easy for me to get caught up in the Christmas carols and, and, the, and the white peppermint mochas of the world and, 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 and you know, the, the hoopla of Christmas. And I actually forget to celebrate and honor the king. If I can be really candid, I think that one of our biggest sins as a nation is the sin of consumerism. It is. I don't know whether or not this vaccine from Pfizer is going to be the antidote for COVID, but I do know this, that the antidote to consumerism is generosity. And this time of year, more than others, that ugliness, that sin nature that all of us have inside of us, it rears its ugly head. And remember the surprise from the goats, you know, like a well-meaning, good-natured, no heinous crime. Like, I don't want to be surprised. I don't want to be complacent. Like, think of it this way. If Jesus showed up at, at, at your uh, family Christmas dinner, which would be really entertaining, right? <laughs> Ours is a mess. It is Griswold family Christmas. So, like, if Jesus showed up, good luck. Right, imagine he showed up, right, and he looked back, he kind of sat down, and he was like, great, awesome, I'll take some of that, a little bit of that. Uh, hey, uh, let me look back on how you spent the Christmas season. Would there be enough evidence to convict us of actually being one of his disciples? And how we spent our time, and how we spent our money, and who we gave presents to. Did Jesus get our leftovers, or was he an afterthought, or did he get our first and best time, energy, and resources? Here's the deal. This goes all the way back. Like Isaiah 58, 7 says, share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. Do not hide from relatives who need your help. That's too much, Jesus. That one hurts. 
we all struggle, right? It's not perfection. It's a process. But we all struggle with being obedient to what God is telling us to do. We all wrestle with whether or not we're going to take care of Jesus, especially when it's hard to see Jesus in our everyday lives, right? Like, I think we'd all be lining up to, like, give Jesus a hot meal if we saw Jesus out on the street, right? You know, white robe and blue sash and light skin, blonde hair, blue eyes, because that's exactly what a Jewish man from the Middle East looks like. And so I think we'd be lining up to serve that Jesus if we saw that he was hungry, Right? We'd be clamoring to be the first one in line to give him some skyline, right? We'd be like, yeah, welcome to the Queen City, Jesus. Or maybe if we saw the seven pound, seven ounce baby Jesus wrapped in a golden diaper, right? We, we would break all the social distancing rules, right? We'd be the first one there to wrap him in a Snuggie. But we don't see that Jesus, Right? No, we don't. Not very often. At least I, I don't. But in Matthew 25, Jesus tells us this. He says, that's me out there holding the sign hungry for food. He says, that's me, Jesus, wandering the streets at night without a safe place to live. That's me, Jesus, without a warm coat for the winter. That's Jesus going to bed hungry. That's Jesus trying to make ends meet. That's Jesus walking through a divorce in the middle of addiction. That's Jesus sitting alone at the lunch table being bullied at school. That's Jesus lying next door on the couch sick and dying. Are we going to be sheep or goats? I do not want to be caught off guard. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be surprised. I don't think you do either. So what do we do about it? Glad you asked. For the next 40 days, I want us to be extremely intentional about listening to Jesus and caring for him whenever we see him. I want us to get this in the core of who we are. So that every week, every month, not just for a few weeks at the end of the year, every year... We will be looking intentionally for ways to abundantly bless others. A simple thing that we're going to do on the front end, Jerrica mentioned it, we're going to give everybody a copy of this book, okay? Every, every family, we want you to have a book, all right? So on your way out, make sure that every family, whether that's a family of one or a family of five, make sure you get a copy of this book. In the back of the book, there is a sparkle box that you can make, all right, on your own. It's right there. Or you can make your own sparkle box. I am offering this as a 40-day challenge to fill your sparkle box with gifts to Jesus this Christmas. I truly believe that the sparkle box has the power to change the way we celebrate Christmas. I know it. It has transformed our family's Christmas. I truly believe that it has the power to change the way that we see and interact with the world. How we love the world around us. So start thinking about, like, what am I going to do? How can I be obedient to what Jesus is telling me to do? How can I care for people, the people and things that are closest to God's heart? 
In Matthew 5, verse 14, Jesus tells all of us, his disciples, you are the light of the world. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Why would you be so generous? Because of Jesus. Why would you give so freely? Because of Jesus. Because without him, I'm dead in my tracks. We are blessed for one reason and one reason alone, and that is to be a blessing. And so I want you to look for small ways, big ways, for how you can love and care for the least of those. Don't think, guys, that the least of these is down in some area that's dark and dingy. The condition of the heart can be so dark, so full of despair. And that person could be sitting right down your aisle. Ask Jesus to give you his kingdom eyes to see the need and for you to have the obedience to respond. What are some simple ways that you can be the light this Christmas? Maybe it's making a meal for your neighbor next door or taking warm blankets to the homeless or or connecting with block ministries to love our leaders and our neighbors in Price Hill or donating food to our food pantry. Maybe it's making a financial commitment to his local church. Maybe it's planning to give sacrificially to our Christmas Eve offering. I can boldly get up here and say that because 100% of the Christmas Eve offering goes outside these doors. Maybe it's donating toys or money for our upcoming toy store. We have a toy store, for those that don't know, where we provide a shopping experience for families that are struggling to still be able to provide for their kids and give gifts this Christmas. Next Sunday, you have another opportunity. I'm just listing opportunities. You can come up with your own. But we thought it'd be good if we helped. Next Sunday, there's an opportunity that you can add to your sparkle box. We're going to be packing bags of food and toiletries to give away to the homeless right here in our backyard. We need volunteers to come in and help us pack those bags next Sunday. We're going to socially distance and and have all of our guidelines in place. You can come in and pack bags before and after each service. You can also take those bags home with you to give away when you see someone in need. Family, I, I want you to think outside the box, pun intended. There is no limit to what you can do to bless those in need. Go big. Come on. So I know some of y'all got it like that. All right? You didn't get it like that by your hard work. You got it like that because our God is that big. And he said, I want to bless you financially. So be a blessing with it. So go big. I want you to donate cars. Straight up. You donate cars to our wheels ministry and we'll bless families with a car this Christmas because of those families being in need. I want you to donate a house. Some of y'all sitting on this second, third house and y'all got to like that. Call me. I'd love to. Like donate a house. You can't outgive God. And watch and see what he does through that generosity. 
if you lean into this sparkle box, you will be overwhelmed how this simple but profound tradition will transform you and your Christmas. I'm praying that none of these sparkle boxes go empty. That there will be an overwhelming response of light and love throughout the tri-state area. That people from all over the world will look, how did that, that thing happen in that area? Jesus, he showed up through his body, the bride of Christ. They were the light. Last page of the sparkle box says this. Christmas morning, Sam's mom explained, Sam, the sparkle box is our gift to Jesus on Christmas Day. Sam was confused, but we didn't give Jesus a gift. We gave things to people who needed them. His mom smiled. You're right. And no gift could make Jesus happier. My beautiful Whitewater family, now, more than ever, I invite you to be the light. I invite you to sparkle. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for how you have been the light to so many of our lives that no darkness will ever extinguish it, Jesus. I thank you for how you saw each of us in our darkness and you surrounded us with warmth of light, warmth of love, warmth of your presence and you gave us a peace that passes understanding. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to now take that on as your disciples and to be great light bearers. Help us to shine brightly for all the world to see. Challenge us, convict us, and empower us to be your warriors of light in our backyards and around the world. We love you, Jesus. It is in your name that all God's people say, amen.